I wonder how many of you belong to that large and perhaps even growing group of persons that we sometimes refer to as Christian singles. You're in the home, but it's not a home in which you are the wife or the husband, but you are an older child making your own way, maybe in your late 20s, early 30s, wondering about why you are not married, perhaps wondering whether you ought to even seek marriage or not. Everywhere I go today, I run into people who are struggling with this problem. And it doesn't seem to be a problem that's being settled very well in the Christian church in many areas. There are notable exceptions, of course. In some places, Christian singles groups have been formed and have provided a real place for Christian singles not only to find help and instruction, but also that deep fellowship that they need in doing the things of God, and also at times to find others who are looking for someone uh, with whom to form a family. But prior to that whole question, and it seems to me untouched in most of the literature and in most of the thinking and discussions of the questions of Christian singles, wherever these uh, questions are lightly touched upon, most important is this basic and fundamental consideration about whether you really should not conceive of yourself as a person who should continue as a single throughout the rest of your life. The rule, of course, was that it was not good for man to be alone. God says that in Genesis 2.18. And that is the rule for most of us. Most of us are not chosen by God to become single through, for the rest of our life, but rather we need marriage. And that is the rule. But the scriptures are very plain that there are notable exceptions to that rule. God, in his own providence, out of his own wisdom, at times for his own purpose in various places, calls people to a single life. And they are called in order to serve him in a very special way. The Apostle Paul was one of those people, and he talked about that kind of thing in 1 Corinthians 7. But let's look at the words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew 19, because these words may help you to determine whether you have been called to a life of single witness and single living for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ and his work. I'm going to read a fairly extensive passage from Matthew 19 to get the whole picture in the background. In verse 3 of Matthew 19, we read that some Pharisees came to Jesus testing him and saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause at all? And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Consequently, they are no more two, but one flesh. And by the way, the word flesh there means, uh, in the context of Genesis, not the physical sexual relation, though it includes that, but it's broader, meaning one person 
It was a way of saying one individual or one person. When in Genesis 6, for example, God speaks of the flood, he talks about destroying all flesh, that is, everybody or all persons. So he says, they are no more two, consequently, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. They said to him, why then did Moses command to give her a certificate and divorce her? And he said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been this way. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another commits adultery. Now, <clears throat> following that, notice what the disciples say and what Jesus says to them. The disciples said to him, if the relationship of the man with his wife is like this, it is better not to marry. <laughs> you, you gather what they're saying. They're saying, uh, boy, if you've got to live with that woman the rest of your life and there's only one way that you can uh, break that marriage, if there's adultery, then maybe it's better not to get married at all. Uh, it's better not to run the risk, say these disciples. But then Jesus responded, verse 11, not all men can accept this statement. Not everybody uh, will find it all that easy to say, uh, I won't uh, get married. But then notice at the end of verse 11, he says, the ones who can accept it are those to whom it has been given. That is, God gives a special gift that makes these people exceptional people. Those to whom it has been given are able to accept the celibate state or the single state. And then he goes on to explain. There are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb. That is, those who are by nature uh, eunuchs. There are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. That is, those who in an unnatural way were made eunuchs. Uh, in the king's court, you remember, they would have eunuchs to care for the queen. And uh, we read about the Ethiopian eunuch who was saved and who took back to uh, Ethiopia uh, that, uh, or the Sudan area that great message of Christianity, perhaps as the very first missionary in that area. But then a third category of eunuchs Jesus speaks about, not physical, not naturally born that way or unnaturally made that way later on in life, but there are also eunuchs, he says, who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to accept this, let him accept it. Now, Jesus is not saying that they have done some physical operation to themselves. That's not what he's talking about. But he's talking about a supernatural gift that has been given from God to certain people to make them exceptions to the rule that it is not good to be alone. To these people it has been given, and they make themselves by virtue of the gift, the ability that God gives to them, eunuchs. That is, they determine that they will never get married. They determine that for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, that is, for the sake of Christ's cause, that they will give their lives fully, completely, and thoroughly to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that they will not even take upon themselves the proper responsibilities and burdens of marriage. Now, it's interesting that he says that he who is able to accept this, let him accept it. And I believe that there are many Christian singles around today whom God has singled out. 
whom God has touched and given a very special place in his kingdom, to whom God has said, you, I want you in a special way to serve me in the kingdom of heaven, who instead are grousing about the whole question, who are wasting their opportunities and gifts, who are confused or uncertain perhaps, or who who are wasting their gifts in some other work instead of giving their lives and their efforts into the kingdom of God to which they really unknowingly have been called. If God has given you this gift, if you're able to accept it, make yourself a Christian single for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Lord, help those today who are struggling with this problem. Help them, Lord, to thoroughly examine their lives and their gifts, and may many throw their lives fully into the work of the Lord Jesus Christ with commitment and vigor and enthusiasm, knowing that it is He who has singled them out for a special work for Him. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen.